Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 2, Episode 204 of this study podcast. Thank you for joining us today as we begin or as we continue our study of Alma 36. Uh, we're in July the 20th to 26th covering Alma 36 to 38, Look to God and Live. And we're covering both the sections uh, over these few days covering Alma 36, which is titled, I can be born of God as I am hu- as I am humble and repent, and Jesus Christ atoned for the sins of the world. I'm putting those two together because I think they're intertwined and linked with each other throughout this out of this chapter of 36. And we've got a lot of great stuff to have a look at today. So let's get straight into it. In Alma 36, we are left off or we're going to leave off on verse 14. Um, Alma says to his son, Helaman, Yea, and I had murdered many of his children, or rather led them away unto destruction. Yea, and in fine so great had been my iniquities, that the very thought of coming into the presence of my God did rack my soul with inexpressible horror. So he's talking to his son Helaman about his uh, conversion journey, and how he, what he had done, and also just the fear that he felt of being even in the presence of his God. Um, He's being very open with his son. He's not really pulling any punches. He's telling him exactly how low he got. Um, and then he and then Daniel H. Ludlow makes this point. He says, as quote, as Alma mentions later to his son Corianton, the murder of a human physical body is a grave sin. However, an even more serious sin is to murder the spiritual life of a person, or in other words, to purposely lead one away from the saving principles of the gospel. Close quote. And we'll read that later in Alma 39, how he explains how this is, you know, a very equally bad thing to do. And so we need to consider how we interact with others and how we can help bless their lives for the better, rather than uh, draw them away through through perhaps our judging, a character, judgmental character. Um, we need to make sure that we don't have that such, such a quality. In verse 16, um, he says, and now for three days and for three nights, I was racked even with the pains of a damned soul. Um, and so he clearly is expressing to Hel- Helaman uh, the the sorrow that he felt. That, that, and well, I guess sorrow isn't really a strong enough word, but just the, the remorse and the sincere um, regret that he felt for what he had done. Uh, Ezra Taft Benson explained it in this way, quote, It is not uncommon to find men and women in the world who feel remorse for the things they do. Godly sorrow is a gift of the Spirit. It is a deep realisation that our actions have offended our Father and our God. It is the sharp and keen awareness that our behaviour caused the Saviour, he who knew no sin, even the greatest of all, to endure agony and suffering. This is this very real mental and spiritual anguish is what the scriptures refer to as having a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Such a spirit is the absolute prerequisite for true repentance. Close quote. We must feel sorrow. We must feel remorse for what we have done. Um, and I suppose Alma was one of the very foulest of sinners, which is why he had to feel such great remorse. Uh, but we know, you know, to some degree or level, we must feel that if we're truly going to change and repent. We then get to the, the real explanation now of what happens as Alma makes this change in his heart. Uh, in verse 17, uh, he talks about how he heard or he remembered his father's words about a Jesus, a son of God. Um, and this is the moment, this is the, the pivotal moment that he makes this change uh, when he remembers these words about the Saviour. And we're going to talk in a minute about a chi- chiasm. 
Uh, and I've really, I mean, we've, we've been able to talk about it very often in the Book of Mormon. There's been a number of places where there has been chiastic structures in the text. But Alma 36 has been called by, by the individual who um, kind of discovered it in the text, uh, John W. Welch, as um, a masterpiece. Uh, this is, you know, if you're going to listen and learn about chiasms, then Alma 36 is the, like the, 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 Oh, what's the word? The centerpiece, or or the, the the best example of it. I mean, there are a number of other other examples which are great in the Book of Mormon, but this is uh, just beautiful. And so we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, but Neil L. Anderson had some words to share about parents whose children have gone down the wrong path. Some words of encouragement, and I love this as well, as it particularly relates to me with my children. That you know, I do worry that you know, when, when they reach their teenage years and they, and they reach adulthood, that maybe they won't change to follow, they won't choose to follow the saviour. You know, it's a very real possibility. And so I want to remember these words uh, by Neil L. Anderson, who said, or quote, although there may be times when a child does not listen with a believing heart, your testimony of Jesus will remain in his mind or in his or her mind or soul. Do you remember the story of Alma who had chosen the wrong path? If a child is not dis- listening, don't despair. Time and truth are on your side. At the right moment, your words will return as if from heaven itself. Your testimony will never leave your children. Close quote. Now, for our testimony to never leave our children, we need to bear our testimony to them. And I think that sometimes that's something I neglect to do as often as I should in ways that I could. Um, and not just formal ways of I believe this, but just the, the informal ways that I speak to them, the way I act with them. Uh, I think that if we make sure we are doing those things, then of course that testimony will return back to them. But if we don't, then it won't. Uh, so Alma calls upon uh, the saviour and then he can remember his pains no more. Now this is important. Um, he then clarifies this and says, I was harrowed up by the memory of my sins no more. The point is he still had a memory of them. He uh, he could remember, um, you know, the sins that he had done, but he wasn't harrowed up by them anymore. Um, Elder Dieter F. Uchtdorf said this about remembering our sins, quote, Satan will try to make us believe that our sins are not forgiven because we can remember them. Satan is a liar. He tries to blur our vision and leads us and lead us away from the path of repentance and forgiveness. God did not promise that we would not remember our sins. Remembering us, remembering will help us avoid making the same mistakes again. But if we stay true and faithful, the memory of our sins will be softened over time. This will be part of the needed healing and sanctification process. So again, another important point to remember that this experience of Alma teaches us perfectly that a remembrance of our sins isn't a bad thing. In fact, it's probably required uh, and it does not mean that we have not been forgiven. Right, let's talk about chiasm. So I am not going to be able to do this justice. I am not a, a student of the scriptures that has studied these chiastic structures in the Book of Mormon or in other texts. There are many others who have done this. Uh, if ooh, sorry, just dropped my pen on the phone. If, if there is anyone that is particularly interested in doing this, uh, in learning a bit more about it after I've explained it, um, that I'm going to share a link to a know why from Book of Mormon Central that explains it further. I'm going to share an, well a diagram or an image of what it looks like uh, in hour thirty six. And I also would recommend a book, um, you to follow the Book of Mormon Central podcast uh, because they are now publishing weekly hour-long Book of Mormon ep- uh, Come Follow Me episodes. Uh, and they actually interviewed um, well, Jack Welch, his name is, um, who you know discovered this. And 
he, he, he himself speaks about the experience of finding the, this chiasm or the first chiasm he found in the Book of Mormon. And then he talks about the beauty of Alma 36. Uh, and so I would strongly recommend you listening to that. But um, I will do my best. So a chiasm is basically a, a Hebrew um, structure or it's something that's found in ancient texts that um, is a way of getting a message across. Uh, and the way it works is that it starts off with a an idea in the very start of the text. And then what it does is at the end of the text, it finishes with that idea, but it almost like the contrast or it reflects the journey that has happened. Uh, and then what happens is the next thought or, you know, idea that is presented, um, you know, it then is like a mirror image. It will be the second to last idea that is expressed in the text and so on and so on until in the very center of the chiasm, there is the main idea that want, that needs to be put across in this message. And then what happens is when you reach that middle point, as you go to the next point, it then reflects that point again. And then it starts to go in the inverse all the way back to the last message, which reflects the first that was given. Uh, it is a beautiful, a beautiful idea. And it is a, a wonderful idea, especially uh, with this particular um, experience of Alma the Younger, it's even more poignant because it's reflecting where he was and then where he ends up. And it's just a really wonderful journey. And then, of course, when you look in the center and see what is the pivotal moment that is is the center of this chiasm, it makes complete sense why it is this way. So to give a, a little bit of an idea, just a little taste, really, I'm not going to be able to go through all of these ideas, but uh, Alma starts with, my son, give ear to my words. That's the first line he says, at the start of Alma 36. Um, and then at the end, uh, it says in the last sentence, now this is according to his word. So it's speaking about him as a father, giving his words. And then at the end, our, our heavenly father listening to his word. Uh, then the next idea, in also verse one, he says, inasmuch as he shall keep the commandments of God, he shall prosper in the land. Well, if you go back, uh, to the end, in verse 30, he says, in also verse 30, inasmuch as you shall keep the commandments of God, he shall prosper in the land. Uh, then uh, you move forward and it says in verse 2, I would that you should do as I have done. And then uh, in verse uh, 30, for behold, but behold, my son, this is not all, for you ought to know as I know. So it's uh, do as I have done. And then at the end, it reflects it as know as I, as I know. Um, and then, uh, in verse two, it says, in remembering the captivity of our fathers, for they were in bondage. And then in verse 29, it says, I have retained in remembrance their captivity. And you also ought to retain in remembrance as I have done their captivity. Now, those are just four points uh, from within verses one and two, as they start to move in, that you can see that they are reflecting each other. Now, um, when you get to the center, uh, the center is, of course, Jesus Christ. Um, when if you keep like I, I look for those bits where it reflects each other and you go to the center of Alma 36, it says on one side, I, rem I remember my father uh, prophesying to the people concerning the coming of one Jesus Christ, a son of God to atone for the sins of the world. And then the next point that reflects it is now as my mind caught upon this thought, I cried within my heart, O Jesus, thou son of God, have mercy on me. So anyway, I'm not going to be able to do it, do it justice by verbal uh, explanation. I do recommend you follow the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me, where you can share your thoughts and ideas. And there I will share the image uh, that goes with this Know Why. 
and I'll share the know why as well so that you can uh, look a little bit more into it. But this is a beautiful example of, chi of a chiastic structure. And Joseph Smith wouldn't have known about this. Um, you know, I, I, it wasn't really something that was completely discovered at this uh, in, in, in his time. And even if he did know about chiasms, which again is, is not poss possible really, um, even if he did know about them, to be able to write one with, well, I mean, he didn't just write one <laughs> or translate one. There was many others in the Book of Mormon, which you can have a look at. Uh, but this particular one will have taken great um, creativity or, you know, um, a, a great writing ability and the ideas to be put into this chapter uh, in such a, a perfect way to, to follow this chiastic structure from someone who wrote the Book of Mormon in was it 60 working days that the numbers are not in my head right now and with no notes and just picking up from where he left off once a writing section is finished you know it's just you know impossible uh, and that's another beautiful reason to why we know the book of mormon is a, is a work of scripture uh, thank you for listening today uh, as i've mentioned the facebook group already so please follow that and you can also email session at gmail.com if you're interested in joining a future uh, study session with me Thank you for your time and until we meet again.